praise God. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. Amen, amen, amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It's good to see you here. Praise God. I, uh, I would like to just leave a couple of things with you as you're praying this week. Would you please continue in? I know many of you already have been, but please continue and make them a matter of prayer. Um, of course, we have children at youth camp. Many of you have children there. Uh, I've heard reports of three already that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm thanking the Lord. Uh, three from Life Church here, so I'm thrilled by that. Um, I, um, I was driving back from Olympia yesterday, and I couldn't help myself. I, re- I came and saw the sign that said Mossy Rock, and I remembered, oh, camp is here. And so I pulled over to the side of the road and sent my wife a message said, what's the address for that camp? Maybe, just maybe. And I was like three minutes from it. So I was like, I'm going to detour for just a second. And, uh, and uh, so pulled in there and I was like, man, no, where's our kids? None of the. And literally like two to three minutes afterwards, uh, the flowers and Bishop, who was helping haul all that luggage, pulled in and. So all of your kids made it there safely in case you didn't already know that. I'm sure you knew that already. Um, but anyway, what a beautiful thing. Just so keep praying the covering of the Lord, the ministry of his spirit um, over that camp. Um, the Lord will make lasting marks in the hearts of our children at a, at a youth camp. I know that from my own life. Youth camps are impactful, life-altering, and so I'm excited that so many have been able to go cover them in prayer. Amen. Thank God for Brother and Sister Flowers who are staying there and working, and I was talking to Sister Flowers yesterday. She's like, it hasn't changed at all. I'm like, at all what? She's like, I came when I was a kid. I like this one. She's like, yep. And the dorms are still the same. She says, have you seen inside? I said, nope. She says, come on, I'll show you. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, yeah, that's a little a little rough. She goes, hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> so I said, are you staying in the dorm? She's like, nope, I got a hotel just up the road. <laughs> so what about Brother Flowers? He's staying in the dorms. So pray especially for Brother Flowers, David. No. But appreciate them being there, and uh, I know with them there and with all the others, our kids are in great hands, and so lift them up, appreciate their investment, and uh, know the Lord is going to use that. Uh, Also, let's cover Bishop in prayer. He is going to be traveling. He's going to be in Mississippi through Saturday night. I think he gets home Saturday. Is that right? And uh, he's involved in a POS meeting that's there taking place with uh, Bishop Dobbs in the church there in Mississippi. And we know the Lord will use him, uh, but don't discount a covering of prayer and believing the Lord to lead, guide, work, and have his way. And let the Lord use you in prayer. Amen? So please do those things and give your, as you're giving yourself to prayer, remember those things. Amen? Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated tonight after you greet somebody. Uh, Greet somebody you haven't greeted, maybe, if that's possible.
Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. One other, one other thing to keep in prayer. Uh, school is supposed to start Monday. I say supposed to start because some of you may be aware there's a possibility of a strike. Um, and uh, the will of the Lord be done. Amen. The will of the Lord be done. And so, um, so please pray about that with school starting back. I believe this is the hour for the people of God. I believe that. And uh, I believe the Lord is giving us favor like never before with open doors and opportunity. And uh, so please be praying as about school starting back. We have several here that are educators that work in the school system. Brother Joey Charles, Sister Priscilla Santos. Um, I don't think I missed anybody. So please remember them in prayer. I know the Lord will use them in the school system as well. Amen. Sister Schoonover is going to come for a moment here or several moments. To add to the story of the cabins at Mayfield Lake, um, we were there many years ago when my girls were quite young. Kaylee received the Holy Ghost as a camper there. Um, there was some years when my husband was youth president, we, we used that campground, and it was pretty bad then. I, I'm sorry, but... I shouldn't use the word bad, but rustic, no, it, like, let's come down about five steps. So last year, um, my daughter, Loren, had gone, and they'd asked her to be the craft lady, and so she, uh, it's amazing, she amazes me. When I was helping her load up stuff yesterday, you know, with five kids and all that she does. She had boxes and boxes of oriental trading, and she was ready for crafts all week long. And um, so last week she was there, and she was staying in a cabin, and she called me one night, and she was trying to not sob. And I thought, oh, dear, what's happened? She said, Mom, there's bats in my room. There's bats in my cabin and mice. There's mice, mice and bats. And they've been trying to get him out, and I'm not staying in it. I'm not staying in it. That's all there is to it. Well, what are you going to do? You're craft lady. I don't know. And um, she stayed the rest remainder of the camp in her car, in her van, is where she slept. And she says, I think they're going to think I'm stuck up. But she truly, you know, I did that with a snake. So what can I say? I, until the snake was removed from the home, I went to the hotel. So, 
Yeah, so this is her reason for getting a hotel down the road this year. But um, we've had good... The first year, my husband was youth president. We had camp there. We didn't know what we were getting into. We literally had to send one counselor home because he was... He cut a boy's hair against the parents' permission. He was out of the, fresh out of the military. And all we heard was there was a, a, some people noticed that this one counselor, if the kids were acting up, he was making them do push-ups. And they weren't coming out of their cabin very much. So Bishop went to check on him to find out. He thought one of the campers' hair was too long, and he cut it. And then, so we had to have a meeting, and we just had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. And then there was another young man that, to this day, um, my husband had to discipline, and now he's actually a professor at Gateway. Um, Jeremy will never let us forget that discipline. But um, the, a guy brought uh, knives. That's when those those throwing stars to camp, and... We had no idea what we were getting into. So I always really pray for the staff. I do. The staff, you know, they go and they need to minister. And they're, they're ministering on many different, there's many different layers. Kids go away to camp and they're away from their parents. This is junior camp. And they're away from their parents. And things come out at night and... Um, we really need to pray for our staff there. My husband, many years ago, preached a junior camp. I think he would feel more comfortable preaching a, junior, a general conference than he would a junior camp to all those kids. He was petrified. And it was probably the biggest challenge maybe he's ever had. All I remember about that week was I had to dress up in a Yogi Bear costume. And I was all concerned about somebody judging me, so I found some material and made a skirt for Yogi Bear. And nobody knew who I was and how interesting it is what can come out in a person when you have a mask on and nobody knows who you are. That whole thing could preach. And so I have so many, many interesting memories of Camp Mayfield, and I have to agree with Lauren. I go there, and I can't believe it's still the same military metal bunk beds, still the same, you know, concrete floor, and, um, and but that doesn't matter if they're having a move of God, and that's pretty exciting. I just want to share one scripture with you. I was um, reading the other day, and I came across, um, I, had, I had read this in my devotions, and then later that evening, I was listening to the Bible while I was working in the kitchen, and I was listening to a different version, and there's a scripture I've heard many times, and it jumped out at me, and it's in Mark chapter 2. I'm just going to take uh, just a couple minutes. I think it's Mark. And Jesus, again, when he entered into uh, Capernaum, after some days, it was noise that he was in the house. Jesus was in the house. Verse 2. 
And straightway many gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. So the house was very full. There was no room to see them. No, not so much as about the door. And he, Jesus, preached the word unto them. Verse 3. And they came unto him bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, in other words, the house was so full, it said all the way to the door. Some people brought sick people to be prayed for. Somebody brought somebody that couldn't walk and could not get into the house. They uncovered the roof where he was, he being Jesus. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was a certain of the scribes sitting there, and they were reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto the Pharisees, he, could, he knew what they were thinking, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it be easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way unto thy house. And immediately he rose, took up his bed, and went forth before them, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. And that, in a different version, was what grabbed me. Because I've heard the story of them lowering down the lame man. They couldn't get in the house. They took the roof off. You have to remember, it's probably a straw roof. They lowered him down. And that, that interchange between the Pharisees and Jesus. And Jesus says, you know, it was, and it was so much that they could see. He had the power to forgive sins. And he also has the power to heal. So what would you like me to say? Thy sins be forgiven. And there's, that, can, that can go on itself. But he healed them. And so the man went back. And in the other version, what it says is a simple sentence. They had never seen anything like that before. Have you ever heard somebody start a sentence that way? I got to tell you about something. I've never seen anything like it. And you're like, you don't know if it's good, it's bad, it's ugly, it's beautiful, whatever they're about to say. I've never seen anything like it. And I thought about the miracle. And I thought about how the people praised God. He went back to his house. The man was healed. And they had never seen anything like that before. And I thought about all of the things. First of all, my mind went to a story almost just like this. You've maybe heard my husband 
share it. When Grandpa Reisman, who is my who is my husband's grandfather, Kenneth Earl Reisman, he had throat cancer, and I think this was in the 70s. And um, his grandmother, who you've heard him talk of, Myrtle Reisman, had great faith. She was in the Nazarene Church. Well, Grandma Reisman and my husband's mother, Ina, and Shirley, the other daughter, they took Grandpa to, there was some man, he was very popular, they could tell you the name of the preacher, I don't know, and it was either California or Nevada. It was just one of those, I can't remember. They drove Grandpa down there and said, we're taking you to this healing conference, and I know if this man prays for you, you're going to get healed, Dad. You're going to get healed. That's what his daughters were saying. We're going to take you down there. They drove him down there. The conference was sold out. They couldn't even get near, and they couldn't get in, you know, fire, rules, regulations. It was packed out. And so they sat in the parking lot of that conference and they laid hands on Kenneth Earl Reisman and they prayed for him. And he was healed. He came home and had tests and God completely healed him of throat cancer. Completely. Now, is that not the same story? Take him to the house. They sat in the parking lot. They couldn't get him in the roof of the conference center. So they'll sit in the parking lot. And their faith, Kenneth was healed. The other side of that story, which includes our part, is years later, Kenneth started smoking again. And it came back. So you can do with that what you want. But God healed him. And they said they were, they, they couldn't believe it. Another, we've never seen anything like that story. I see it all the time. It happens all the time here. The simple miracles that we see all the time. My husband was preaching in the Ukraine probably 20 years ago. And you maybe heard him tell this story. And it was a very dark room. He was doing a conference with C.M. Wright. There was like one light bulb in the whole place. And he was, uh, his arm was hurting. And he was preaching. And he felt like somebody was going to be healed. And all of a sudden, this guy starts swinging his arm like this. You remember that story? And he starts yelling, Woo! making all this attention on himself and he had been born and always had a lame arm that just hung there and in the middle of the service the faith that was in the house the presence of God that was in the house it healed his arm and it freaked him out he just started screaming and flailing his arm wildly my husband didn't even know what was going on until after the service they had never seen anything like it. When we were preaching in the Middle East, we were at the service in Amman, Jordan, and we had traveled deep into a neighborhood, and they were giving Bibles. Um, it was Dar. Now she's Darla Ford Sherry, the missionary. But we were. She had. She was an aim worker, and she was giving Bibles in this neighborhood. She was fluent in the Arabic language. We had to be very careful, very, you know, it's a, it was a Muslim country, very careful. And it was a packed out house and people, it was just a house. And we were given Bible studies. We were singing and we were praying. And this man walked, and of course there was this language barrier. This man walked up to my husband and took his hand and took his finger and stuck it in his ear. 
I've never seen anything like that, just like the Bible says. And Larry's like, praise God, and just starts praying. The guy was deaf in one ear, and God healed him that night. That man had the faith. He had the faith. And, you know, the Bible talks about um, riches that are untold. Blessings and riches that are untold. An abundance of blessings that he has for us to where we could be saying that each and every day. I've never seen anything like it. People... We take it for granted because we live in a, in a blessed society. We have food on our table. We have medical, you know, needs met. And, but really, when you give your testimony to somebody, and I tell somebody how God, in one instance, when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, got complete deliverance of drugs and alcohol. So many of this world will say, I've never heard of anything like that. And that's what jumped out at me was that one sentence up here in the King James Version. It says, we never saw it on this fashion. And I have a desire to live such a life that I'm looking around at all my friends. It's not that I want all the blessings and all the prayers answered, but I want to look at your life and say, wow, I've never seen anything like that. And God is able to do that in each and every one of our lives to change it in such a way that people will say, we've never seen anything like it. God is so good. I've had Three major prayers answered in this last month. And do you ever go through times where you pray and 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 you're bringing up all these memorial prayers? And they're not even for me. But you're almost begging God. In one minute, I'm trying to pray according to the scripture, according to his kingdom. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And the next minute, my husband, my husband and I will go back and forth and I'll tell him, but I can pray this way and ask God to do this specifically. The prophet asked the God, God to make the sun stand still. So I'm going to pray, Lord, I want yada, yada, yada for this person. And so we, Larry and I have this ongoing conversation, pray his will be done. I'm praying that da, 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 and the Lord will deal with me accordingly. And so in the last month, I've had three major prayers answered, and I can say I've never seen anything like it. One of them is Brother Flowers getting a job. I mean, that was a desperate prayer. That was a desperate prayer, something that we would rejoice in. And the others were healing for other people. I want to live a life so given to God in such a way that my flesh is crucified and laid at his feet every day. And that the faith can just go from me and be astounding that I walk in such a way that all around I'm seen in your lives and, and the people around me. I can say words like that. I've never seen anything like it. So it can only be God. Not of my power, not of my talent, but only of God. And that's just the simple scripture that was on my heart. And God bless you all.
I really look forward to hearing your testimony. And you can go ahead and start it with, I've never seen anything like it. God bless you. Well, why don't we pray right now? There's faith elevated in the house right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, according to your word, according to your word, faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I pray the quickening of this, your word, in our spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Sister Schoonover was sharing those things. There were two things in Scripture that kept turning in my spirit. The one is where Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he made this statement. He said, greater works than these shall you do. Greater work. And he was talking about works he had done. And then he was addressing his disciples and said, greater works than these shall you do. And then, of course, we read Paul writing to the church and speaking of the Lord Jesus in us, this treasure in earthen vessels. And he makes this statement. He said he'll do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to his power that works in us. It works in us. The operative working of his spirit through us for his purpose, like Sister Scrover said, dead to self. So faith just flows out where what's in us gets out. Not us, him, his spirit, his power operating, working in, with, and through us to accomplish his will. I've, I've been reading the last week or two about revivals in times past. You want something to stir your faith. Start reading about the Welsh revival or the revivals in Ireland or read about Charles Finney and the Western revivals in New York City and that spread across New York or read about some of those great revivals that swept across different parts of the world and every one of them had the same element at work. What was it, Sister Julie? Prayer, 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 prayer. And I was marked by some of those stories because the reality is everyone that was praying was never praying for themselves. 
Everyone that was given to prayer wasn't praying for themselves. They were so moved by the Spirit of God and God desiring to work and desiring to be an instrument available to what God wanted to do that their prayer was given to prayer for others. Their prayer was given to prayer for others. Their prayer was... and. In doing so, they gave themselves over to the leading of the Spirit of God in prayer. There's one story that marked me in particular where Charles Finney went and visited a uh, some manufacturing mill. If you know anything about Charles Finney's story, he was in the 1700s, the late 1700s. And he had visited this mill and where they... Uh, like a fabric mill, and there were many workers in different rooms. And he walked into this one room, and when he walked in, the city had already, much had been happening there already, and people had been praying, people had been praying, and God was doing a work, a sovereign work of God. And he said as he was walking across this room where it was full of people working with thread and stuff, there was several that they were working with a thread that was broken, trying to mend it, and as he got closer to them they were having more trouble and finally when he looked at them and made some st- I don't even know if he made a statement but the the lady that was working with the thread just broke out in tears and began weeping and praying and calling on the Lord and in a matter of just minutes everyone in that mill had begun praying and calling on the Lord because the spirit of God swept in that place and the owner of the mill was recorded by Finney the owner of the mill makes this statement He says, shut down the operation. It would be that we should tend to the service of prayer rather than the service of business. And Finney went to him and said, where can we gather and pray? And he said, the mules are all out right now in delivery. The biggest place in this place is where all the mules stay. And so they moved from the mill all into the place where the mules were usually kept. And they began to have a meeting of prayer right there. And the Lord swept across every person. I've never seen it like that, Sister Schoonover. The Lord is trying to do something in us, with us, and through us. There's a quickening of His Spirit on whosoever will that will come. And will avail ourselves to what He's inviting us into. This man in the scripture we read, it says he was born of four. Who were they? I don't know. What was their names? I don't know. All we know is there were four of them. What did they do? Whatever they had to. To get him to Jesus. You understand they ripped off the roof of somebody's house. I don't know whose house that was. (laughs) Can you imagine if. I'm assuming, I'm going to make an assumption here. I'm going to assume that the owner of the house was present. Where Jesus was ministering. Notice it happened in a house, by the way. Talked about that last week. Where Jesus is ministering. I'm going to assume the owner was there. Can you imagine in your house? It's full of people. Crammed. Bible study on Tuesday night or Thursday night, brother, sister Rodriguez, packed full. Nobody else can get in, standing room only, the power of God is at work. And all of a sudden you start hearing something banging up on the roof. And you see some, something poke through and then you see shingles falling in and dirt and insulation. And it's, 
You want to talk about maybe losing your train? There's no indication that Jesus ever lost his train of thought. Don't you know everybody else? I, I'm sure they were like, try it. But four individuals saw a need that only God could minister to. How selfless were those four men? How selfless were they? To where they gave themselves to getting him to Jesus. I guess they figured they could repair the roof later. It really was immaterial. Because of the need. Praise God. Why don't you stand with me tonight? The Lord is wanting to use whosoever will. Whosoever will. And we can get cumbered about a lot of things. But whosoever will. Sister Schoonover shared, you've got your story. I've never seen it like this. I look around the room and I, I think a lot of, I've never seen it like this before. I think of the Santos and standing in their home some six years ago. in A Bible study one night, Brother Lewis. I never saw it like that before. Matter of fact, I remember calling Brother Lewis afterwards when we were both heading home and said, has that ever happened before? He said, never. <laughs> We've just never seen it like that. The Lord is wanting to use each one of you. Each one of us. Each one of us. You say, but I'm not born of four. Who were they? Nameless, faceless, just given to what, where they saw the need. And they exercised faith. You think they didn't exercise faith? They had to carry him up something to get him up on the roof. And then rip the roof off and lower him down. There was some faith exercise. I believe they were praying too. I don't believe they were just like, well, our job is just get him there. We don't do... No, I think they were praying. They had faith for their friend. And somehow they... What can you do? Maybe you can just carry one corner of the bed. Acts chapter 3, we give a lot of attention to Peter and John, right? Because they walked by the man at the gate and said, We don't have silver and gold, but what we have we'll give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. But the scripture says something. There was a man by the gate beautiful whom they laid daily. Doesn't tell us who they were. But whoever they were, they got him there every day. Nameless. The Lord's wanting to use us. I feel such faith. Come on, would you reach with me one more time and talk? With, let the Holy Ghost have its work in your heart and mind tonight in our spirit. Ilobokoriyalabashitolobokoriyarabakaye. 
Come on, what's that prayer request that's been on your lips? Let faith be quickened again. What's the name of that individual that you've been crying out for? Let that name come across your lips again. What's that situation outside of you? What's someone else who's been on your heart? Come on, why don't you call their name again? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it is you that does the work, Father. It's you that has called us. It is you that uses us, Lord. We'll yield ourselves to you. For your glory, for your purpose, Lord, that you would be exalted, that you would be glorified, that lives would be transformed according to your will and purpose. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Iko sororri ala makito lobosita. Ilo sotori abaye lororri ataye. Kiarataye tu malororri ataha. Ilo koria taye lororia paye lororiti emeye kiata. It is you, Jesus. It is you. Ilo doria paye kiara toye kiara pashito yo. Itolo bokoshi tiye dele kiato yoko. Itorokoshitiamandelekitaye In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I was talking with the Lord a little bit before service and we've talked about it a little before. I don't he just keeps taking my my spirit back there. I uh I was praying about you know we're in Yakima County. It's a fifty three square mile county. Maybe you didn't know that, but and uh it's got approximately a quarter of a million people in it. Seemed like a pretty vast number. To us it is, not to God. He knows exactly the number. Uh, as I was praying about that, the Lord began to, you know, sometimes when you're talking with the Lord, He'll start dealing with you about Scripture, and it seems like He'll deal with you about one right after the other, and all of a sudden Scripture comes alive. And... I was reminded of Saul of Tarsus and Cornelius and the lady, I don't think the scripture gives her a name, the lady by the river, maybe it does, in Acts chapter 16. The interesting thing to me that about all three of those that they had in common is Cornelius, Saul of Tarsus, and the lady by the river all had some relationship with God. Different levels, various degrees. They didn't have the fullness of what God intended for them. We know that because of what took place later on in their lives. Saul was, didn't have the full revelation of who Jesus was, but he had a relationship to some degree with God. He was pursuing God. He was just blind to who Jesus was. Cornelius had some relationship with God. His prayers had become a memorial. But he still didn't know what to do. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Send to Joppa for Peter and he'll come and tell you what you need to do. The lady by the river in Acts 16, we find that Paul was Praying, waiting to go, just trying to go where the Lord was leading. And a Macedonian, in the vision, he saw a Macedonian say, come hither. And the scripture says where they went by the river that a woman was there. There were people there and prayer was being made. All of these people were at some place in a relationship with God. But they didn't have the fullness of who the Lord Jesus Christ was. And their need... To be buried in his name and filled with his spirit. We even find in Acts chapter 19 the same thing. We have people that believe in Acts 19. But until Paul showed up, they didn't even realize that there was any such Holy Ghost, the scripture says. These were people that believed. But there was something still that God wanted to do in their life. He wanted to fill them with his spirit. Every one of them, in all four of those examples, these were people that had some degree of a relationship with God. They had some element of understanding of the Word that was available to them at that time. They all had some pursuit to some degree varying in their life towards God. 
but they all needed someone to come to them. Used of God, that had been filled with the Spirit of God, had the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the mighty God in Christ, and showed unto them. Now my mind goes to Apollos. Apollos had, all of these had some example, but they needed someone. You are that someone. Throughout these, I am certain. Throughout these valleys, there is a quickening of the Spirit of the Lord that is taking place in the hearts of men. And it's not just happening to those of us in this room. It's happening throughout these valleys. A quickening of the Spirit of the Lord upon the hearts of men and women that are hungry, that have some degree or element of relationship or belief in God. But they're not in the fullness of what He intends and the revelation of who He is and the infilling of His Spirit according to the Word of God. In every one of those situations, God sent a spirit-filled believer to them. In everyone. In everyone. If you are a spirit-filled believer, God wants to send you to one. Matter of fact, He may have already sent you, and you just need to pray, God, open my eyes. God, open my ears. And by your great grace, I'll open my mouth. Not by my ability, but by your spirit dwelling in me. By your great grace, I'll open my mouth. And you and I have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And we can speak the word of God. Would you pray with me again? Come on, they're already in your sphere of influence. They're already there. He cut up by itolo bositahaya. It's already been said. We've not seen it like this before. He corobosiara bashitolo bokoye. He coroboria by etolo bosita. He lobosiara taye. Lord, we're available to you. We're available to you. First and foremost, we're available to you for your purpose, Father. Father, just as you took Saul to Ananias and Ananias to Saul, just as you took Achilla and Priscilla to Apollos, Lord, just as you took Paul, Lord, to those in Acts 19. So lead us individually and collectively, Lord, to those that are searching, those that are praying, those that are reaching, Lord. Use us according to your will and purpose. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you and give you glory tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. The Lord bless you tonight. Go with him. Go with him. Let his purpose be primary. Amen.
Priscilla and Aquila were tent makers. That means they had a job. Right? You can say, man, I'd love to, I'd love to do what you're talking about, Brother Hart, but, man, I got a job, and I got... Priscilla and Aquila had a job. They made tents. The job was secondary. The Lord used them on their job. I believe that. He'll use every one of us. I believe he's divinely placed us where we are for his purpose. Amen. Be bold and courageous. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.